Hello, and welcome to this Unpacked Short. I'm Charlie Pickles, and of course I'm joined by the wonderful Peter Franklin. Hi, Charlie. Today, we are looking at a piece that, Peter, you wrote. In fact, this is a little older than the pieces we normally do, but I have personally insisted that we talk about this one. (laughs) Uh, It was a piece, actually, from just before Christmas, and it is called The Most Dangerous Thing About Meritocracy, and it did very well uh, on the website. Lots of people read it, lots of people kind of engaged with it, and I think because it really does resonate We're going to start, though, with understanding what a WASP is, and then it will all become clear for listeners uh, as we progress through the conversation. But a WASP is a kind of, not an insect, but a type of American. Peter, can you explain for us? Um, It stands for White Anglo-Saxon Protestant. Um, And it's a kind of confusing term because it doesn't actually cover all White Anglo-Saxon Protestants. Um, rather, it refers to a, a kind of the closest thing America ever got to an aristocracy. So kind of well-educated um, Northeasterners um, belonging to sort of Episcopalian or, you know, sort of Presbyterian backgrounds, very much a sort of elitist social class. And you, you actually refer to them as a born-to-rule social elite. So Absolutely, kind of... and, and, and all going to the sort of Ivy League universities and having gone to very good private schools on, 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 um, for the most part. Um, so, yeah, definitely, uh, you know, very identifiable sort of American subculture. Sounds terribly identifiable today, actually, here in Britain as well, uh, but obviously with the British version. But um, we're talking about this because of a piece that was in the New York Times. Um, And the writer, who I'm going to allow you to pronounce his surname, because I always get it wrong. So it's Ross... Downbutt. There we go. (laughs) There we go. Every time, mental block, uh, I can never say it. Um, He is actually lamenting the decline of the WASP class. Yes, um, he was referring to the funeral of um, George H.W. Bush, the older of the Bush presidents. The less Texan one. Indeed, yes. And um, that George Bush was, um, he's very much, very much kind of the last wasp president, maybe the end of a line, and very much that sort of American patrician class. Um, And Dalvert sort of suggested that, you know, as well as paying tribute to Bush as a man and had an amazing career, distinguished service in the war and all of that. He said that the passing of the wasps as a sort of ruling class wasn't an, wasn't completely a good thing. And, and so cue the usual social media yes. outrage at this, perhaps yes. not without some justification. Yes, I mean, they sort of accused him of white soup. Some people accused him of white supremacy uh, and others who were paying a bit more attention to sort of classism and snobbery, which is slightly more fair of a, of a charge. Um, and, you know, the wasps do have, you know, there was distinct problems with them. The sort of lack of accountability, clear history of anti-Semitism, for instance, you know, the way that Jewish people were kept out of Ivy League universities um, going uh, 
some distance back in history and things like that. And we um, are really talking about white men here as well. In terms yes, of oh, of course, uh, yes, totally sort of patriarchal as well. In some ways, he deserved some of the criticism, even though he, he wasn't suggesting that the unmeritocratic thing was, was good. But he was saying that, um, he was saying that, actually, I believe in diversity, that the diversification of the people now in power, uh, the fact that, you know, sort of, we've got lots of female politicians, we've had the first black president and all of that, saying great, but he was saying that meritocracy is not necessarily the way to encourage further diversity. Okay, which does sound a little bit controversial still. So let's go into that in a bit more detail because he he does have a rationale for um, in part rejecting this idea of meritocracy. Um, And Peter, you're sympathetic to that rationale. Um, Up to a point because I don't see any other way of aristocracies don't really diversify themselves very much. Um, You know, as I say in this, we can't all be Meghan Markle and (laughs) things like that are an exception rather than rules. So, of course, to have a diverse society, to have um, diversity in in, um, a diverse range of people having opportunities, you have to have meritocracy. So let's not be too silly about that. So so you're, you're, I mean, you know, to to just kind of put it briefly then so you don't see the same kind of um absolute tension between diversity and meritocracy but which is absolutely of course the the right answer um but but you are sympathetic to his his reasoning behind why he's concerned about meritocracy that's right and um one of the reasons is that um, meritocracy has become increasingly kind of segregationist, not in a racial sense of the word, but in a geographical sense of the word, that yes, it picks the brightest and the best from all sorts of backgrounds across the country. Uh, but then... Constantly... Debatable, but we'll come back from Yeah, that. <laughs> well, to an extent it does, more than in the past, we can agree on that. Um, but then it takes those people and concentrates them in certain sort of geographical areas, you know, in the global cities, through the elite universities. And it kind of sucks talent everywhere out of the country and then creates a sort of new sort of knowledge worker elite. So this is kind of London against the rest or sort of New York and Silicon Valley against the rest or that kind of thing. See, I have a bit of a problem with this argument because I don't think that's a criticism of meritocracy. I think that's a criticism of the way our economies, the way that actually, quite frankly, and you've talked about this before, um, successive governments have... Um, prioritised sort of economic measures, yes. that has forced a concentration in certain geographical areas. But but that doesn't have to happen. You could have a meritocratic model that um, still allowed, you know, those elites, uh, those people yes. who are in the new aristocracy to be spread more smoothly around nations. Yeah, well, you could, but who's making the decision to concentrate all of the investments in global cities. It's this new meritocracy, right? The, the new meritocratic elite. And I think that this is fine because, hey, we're, we're meritocrats. <laughs> we're, we're here on merit. We deserve 
everything that we benefit from. And hey, anyone else could come to the city as well. I mean, they can't actually pay the property prices, of course, but, um, you know, they, they, that gets parked to one side. And um, it's, it's a sense, well, you know, um, because I'm worth it. And that it does lead us onto the kind of the big second point, which I think is the one that both of us really do agree uh, with Ross on, which is that the the kind of new aristocracy, this new kind of meritocratic, quotes, meritocratic elite, um, doesn't seem to have a clue about the fact that it is an elite, that it is that, you know, it's, it's the equivalent of the old aristocracy. Well, and this was the, the sort of main point that Daubert was making in favour of aristocracy, saying that at least a formal aristocracy knows what it is and therefore takes measures to preserve itself if it's at all sensible if it's not then it ends up like the french aristocracy with its minus some heads minus some heads (laughs) yes whereas the more sensible aristocracies have kind of adapted and ultimately dissolved themselves um in a, in a, into a much larger meritocratic pool because, well, for a start, economies, modern economies, require hugely num, uh, larger numbers of of um, of knowledge workers. However, that sort of expansion of that sort of upper middle class, I think, has kind of slowed, and the people that were in it their children will be in the next generation of it, and so on and so on. It becomes kind of hereditary by default and leaves a lot of people on the outside. And this is where, coming back to your point, Peter, um, about this sense that because it's meritocratic, it's deserved, you know, it's earned, and, you know, therefore it's justified to be in in a position of power um and you know that could be meaning having wealth or income or whatever it is that's kind of far exceeds those below you that that's okay because you worked hard and got there that's right um, yes. but actually you know the, even just recently i think it was a few weeks ago um there was a, a some reporting in the media of a new book that may well be out now but was certainly coming out called the class ceiling um by an, an academic who looks at kind of social mobility called sam friedman and um he his analysis had shown that for example um if you are a child of a doctor you're 24 times more likely to become a doctor than your peers or you know i think it was something like for tv and film your child of someone who's in tv or film you're 12 times as likely to, to go into the same profession and and this is your point about hereditary it's actually we've moved away from a meritocracy into saying no you know the children of the privileged will Mm. become you know the next generation of those who are in power they'll get the intern the juicy internships um those will lead to sort of entry-level jobs and so on and so forth and the people that were on the outside will remain on the outside and unlike a sort of self-conscious aristocracy the new meritocracy cannot internalize this fact that they've excluded a whole group of people and so when those group of people that remember these days had the votes they can rebel, kick back they can kick back and you know if you have no proper consciousness no sense of noblesse oblige about how you got your start in life then you're going to be very surprised when you meet your end 
And I think we have seen some of that surprise already uh, with the political uh, upheavals of the last few years. Thank you so much, Peter. I am thrilled that we have discussed that topic because I do think it's an incredibly important one. Thank you so much for listening. Um, Please do subscribe if you haven't already, wherever you get your podcasts. Do check out Confessions as well with Giles Fraser, which is a fantastic listen. Um, Really, really interesting guests talking about what makes them tick and how they developed their kind of worldview, their sort of belief and value systems. Um, So do check that out and please tune in next time. (laughs) 